You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all the stuff we have to get you ready for your real drafts. There, a cheat sheet, sleepers, a bus. I have my updated rookie rankings. I've got my draft tips and strategy advice articles for snake drafts and auction drafts there. So... Check it all out. Uh, and here in Lockdown Fantasy Football, we will continue. We did mock draft week for the past six shows uh, there, uh, looking at uh, round one of a mock draft. Then we went through uh, round nine, and then I came back round 10 through 17 strategy. So if you missed anything there and you're prepping to practice in a mock draft or getting ready for your real fantasy football draft, check those shows out. Here we'll kind of do a reset and move forward here, looking at the latest news and notes coming out of every team in training camp here. So that's definitely uh, it's time to do here. Uh, kind of um, check on the pulse of all these teams, what's going on, uh, where we're going, and uh, what we're getting out of these uh, teams. And uh, some twists and turns, some injury updates as well, uh, just to catch all of everything uh, as we uh, make our way across the league and how we usually do it. Break it down into AFC and NFC. So we'll hit all the AFC news and notes today, the latest things you need to know. Then we'll come back from the NFC. We'll go division by division, alphabetical order, east to west. So we'll uh, follow that format again. It's easy to follow here. And we'll uh, get you to know the latest and uh, help you maybe adjust your rankings and draft board as we go along. So uh, let's dive right into it, and we'll start with the AFC East, and we'll look at uh, the Buffalo Bills, the latest coming out of their camp. Well, the one thing, um, Josh Allen looking pretty good so far. They've had some false positive issues there in uh, training camp with COVID-19, but Josh Allen uh, kind of connecting with his new uh, receivers here well, uh, namely Stefan Diggs. Dawson Knox looks like he could uh, carve out a bigger role at the tight end this year as well, so... More diversified passing game coming up, looks like, for the Bills with the Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox here, and uh, Devin Singletary out of the backfield. Now, we've heard a lot about Zach Moss. We've touted him as the Bills sleeper, and uh, all the things about Zach Moss are coming true in camp here. Looks like a very solid runner, can earn some key touches here. So Devin Singletary's stock, again, he's falling more into a bottom line uh, RB2 flex type player at this point as uh, Moss gains more steam here. The rookie from Utah legitimately has a skill set overall that the Bills like. He can uh, pound on the early downs but also catch some passes here. So all that's coming to fruition here for the Bills and uh, making us take a little bit pause with the value of Devin Singletary. We go to the Patriots and the Patriots have a whole lot going on. That's for sure. Let's start at their big question mark here at quarterback Jared Stidham battling a leg injury here so made him uh, kind of limited in practice and the mobility is already an issue versus Cam Newton Cam Newton is there and he's uh, done a few things well in learning the offense but nothing is happening here that's buzzing or standing out from the Patriots quarterback so Jared Stidham looks like he could have a setback and lose his job they've also talked about a potential 
quarterback by committee, which is not what we want to see in fantasy football in this stage here. So Cam Newton's sleeper status slowly dropping a little bit. I am not hot on wanting to be attached to this Patriots passing game anyway. You have Julian Edelman, but how does Nikhil Harry sort things out? You have Mohamed Sanu battling through injuries. They're still sorting out tight end here with uh, Devin Aziazi maybe being the better value, but they're both rookies there, him and uh, Dalton Keene. So there's not a lot that makes me want to flock to the Patriots offense. I think there's an assumption that Cam Newton is certainly going to do the things that he did in Carolina in his best season, run around, make plays, and all that. But this offense as a whole is pretty limited. They have some uh, line issues, too, that they got to sort out as they come back together up front. That can be an asset, but uh, I think more of a pure run-blocking sense. So Newton, Stidham, this uh, battle has been uninspiring so far. There's also a development in the Patriots' backfield. Sonny Michel still uh, working back from the foot injury. He had Lamar Miller sign. He had a knee injury. Here, Damian Harris has looked very good here. So we don't know if this is just some Patriots uh, preseason hype, just looking at Harris and out of necessity playing here with Michel, or Miller and uh, Michelle out uh, for a bit. Miller coming back here. Michelle might need all the way up to week one to see if he can play with that foot injury. So definitely Damian Harris is having some opportunities here. Brandon Bolden's not in the mix. Rex Burkhead, we haven't really heard too much about him. James White is kind of locked into the receiving role. So... The way things are going with uh, Michelle and Miller, Harris is uh, really taking advantage of this. And uh, this backfield might be a situation to avoid on early downs. I think James White is where you look at PPR. But, again, the Patriots, uh, other than Julian Edelman, you're a little bit on edge uh, here with some of their uh, fantasy football value. That includes their defense as well as they lost a lot of pass rushing there in free agency this season. We uh, turn to the Miami Dolphins, and with them, uh, the question mark there is uh, Tua Tagviola. Where he, where is he going to go here, and uh, and is he going to have a chance to start over Ryan Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick missed some practice with some personal reasons, but Tua is definitely being brought along slowly here, and clearly is going to be the number two to start the season. So not a surprise there, but that's pretty much confirmation. Preston Williams looks like he's uh, going to be good to go with a knee injury. They have some high hopes for him working with Devontae Parker. Parker's really taking command again and looks like he wants more after a nice uh, second-half breakout from him last year. So good developments in the Dolphins' passing game. Again, Fitzpatrick is an agent of Changeli. He's played in that offense before. He has some familiarity. And uh, the familiarity with Parker's paying off. Williams looks like he's going to be the number two outside and for now, Mike Gusecki maybe stepping in from tight end to be more of the third option in the slot here for this uh, Dolphins passing game going forward. We go to the New York Jets, and uh, with them, uh, the question mark has been uh, receiver. What are they going to get there? Uh, with Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore, it's kind of playing out like we expect in the backfield, but receiving core Denzel Mims is dealing with an injury, so he's uh, missed some time. Jamison Crowder has looked like the most active and uh, best wide receiver, regardless of uh, playing in the slot uh, primarily for Sam Darnold. But Brashad Perryman and Sam Darnold have uh, seemed to have a good connection here. That's good. Perryman replaces Robbie Anderson and is a more complete version of a deep threat. Mims's injury certainly bumps up Perryman as being a key outside uh, top option there with Crowder. So, again, less mouths to feed there. Ryan Griffin just coming back from his knee injury at tight end, so Chris Herndon getting a bump there, but Rashad Perryman is a guy that I like. You just have to get him in the right value. I still want to Jameson Crowder in a lot of formats as my wide receiver four, but uh, Perryman um, 
appealing. I think he's more appealing a little bit in standard versus half point or full PPR the way that Crowder is. So it's a good start for Perryman with his new team. Good uh, signing decision there with the Jets. Uh, again, good spot because they want to stretch the field more. Darnold and use his arm and, uh, and just don't want to be the slot dump-off team. So that's all pointing in the nice direction of Perryman. The next team we go to as we go to the AFC North is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, wide receiver core, Tyler Boyd looks like the only sure thing. This is why I really liked Boyd here uh, ahead of these other receivers as a wide receiver too. T. Higgins had a hamstring injury, so the rookie slowed down a little bit. John Ross they liked, but still limited as a deep threat. A.J. Green, after missing all of last season with an angle injury, had a bit of a hamstring here as well. So Boyd is the healthy receiver. The Bengals had a setback as well with their free agent pickup at corner Trey Waynes here. So it's uh, tough there with the newcomers for the Bengals. Uh, but clearly looking like uh, Boyd is going to be the go-to guy here for Joe Burrow as the injuries uh, kind of sorted out. Uh, Ross, uh, just a speed guy that uh, is hanging on here in his role. And uh, Higgins uh, might help him a little bit by being hamstrung early. But Higgins certainly looks like he's going to need some time to be productive here in the NFL for a Joe Burrow. And consider all that, uh, just uh, temporary expectations for Joe Burrow. He's still um, middle of the road, uh, QB2 here with some upside, but you want to see these receivers be healthier, that's for sure. We go to the Cleveland Browns, and Nick Chubb uh, scared everyone. We had a concussion issue, so he had to miss some time. He's clear protocol. He's back in action. So Nick Chubb still fine as the lead Early down back with Kareem Hunt. We'll see how that split uh, plays off. But uh, Chubb too productive to say that he's not going to maybe see 60% of the work here ahead of uh, Hunt. And he's not a zero catching pass. And I just don't think that's going to be a big part of his game with Hunt. But Chubb totally fine here. David Njoku, take him off the radar. This is probably good news for Austin Hooper. More wrist injury there. Their rookie Harrison Bryant has looked better than David Njoku so far in practice. So I don't think they'll straight up cut him. Cutting him would actually help. Hooper's value a little bit more in this current state. Hooper's already helped by Jarvis Landry being a little uh, beat up here. Still trying to come back from the hip injury, but uh, Njoku certainly playing himself out of Cleveland pretty quickly. We uh, go to the Ravens here, and uh, the Ravens are a team that we look at uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson, and uh, he had a growing injury that was a little bit concerning, but he's fine. He's back to practicing, so scare averted there. He's good to go. Running quarterback is important to have healthy growing there to play well. Devin Duvernay look like, looks like he's going to be the leading slot candidate here ahead of Willie Sneed. Just more big plays. That's what the Ravens want from Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, and whoever can play inside primarily. Willie Sneed is not a big play guy. Duvernay gives them that option in the middle as well as uh, Mark Andrews stretching the field at tight end. So that makes a lot of sense that they're going in the Duvernay direction. J.K. Dobbins still looking solid here. We'll see if he can uh, carve out a key role early, but still looks like Mark Ingram in the lead, at least coming out of the gate in week one. We go to the Pittsburgh Steelers here, and uh, James Washington, we kind of wrote him off a little bit that Chase Claypool's coming on, but Claypool may need a little time to get going. Washington is really motivated to try to make some big plays stay on the field, but I still see it as a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson and Washington Claypool kind of splitting the big play snaps here. They want to get the tight end more involved with Eric Ebron there, fully healthy. So I'm still not uh, buying James Washington being a big key part of this offense with Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. And again, Ben Roethlisberger's looked very good, so that's uh, confidence in these receivers after the mess with uh, Mason Rudolph and Duck Ru- 
Hodges last year. Johnson had an injury last year as well. Played through it as a rookie. So a lot of expectation still for Deontay Johnson and uh, not still sold here on James Washington. All right, so there you have it. There's a look at uh, your two divisions here, the AFC East and AFC North. We'll still uh, need to get through the AFC uh, South and uh, West. We'll do that in our uh, final couple segments. But first, I got to tell you, it's time to talk about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoided altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Get started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on NFL, and uh, that's how you take advantage and uh, complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So it's easy to do that. Just go to getroman.com slash NFL. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's right. That's uh, getroman.com slash NFL. Once again, getroman.com slash locked on NFL. We'll be right back here to look at the latest news and notes coming out of the AFC South. All right, so eight teams down with the AFC, eight more to go. We have quite a bit to talk about these last two divisions, so we'll uh, devote an entire segment to each of them. Let's start with the Houston Texans. Will Fuller looks like he's on track to play. That's a good sign here that fully healthy to begin the season. That's going to help with uh, Brandon Cooks. Again, if you're going for the floor in fantasy football drafts as a wide receiver three, you go with uh, Cooks. If you're going for the ceiling, you go for Fuller. So that's how I kind of look at it. It depends who you get on wide receiver one, wide receiver two, which direction you go there. It's pretty tight for me with the Texans. Now, the Texans do have a bit of a void here without DeAndre Hopkins trying to make up some targets. But Jordan Akins, we know he's flashed in the past. We've heard about the Texans tight ends doing something, and then uh, they haven't been consistent. But Aikens looks like he's going to be a key part of what they do here, especially if uh, they're remixing their offense a little bit here. Randall Cobb could be the odd man out there working the slot to be the third most productive receiver, at least there, that isn't uh, David Johnson. So Jordan Aikens looking good, another weapon to help Deshaun Watson. All this adds up well when Cooks is uh, there and uh, Fuller is uh, on his way back. You have Cobb, Aikens. You got some depth there as well. Kenny Still still around. So I see uh, Deshaun Watson still being undervalued. He's kind of dropped a tier away from uh, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson in the middle of the pack of QB1s. But he certainly has any an opportunity here to be the QB1 overall. I mean, with his running and passing, certainly he has a chance to be as prolific as Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, and the Texans' defense not as good, so a lot of passing could be happening, especially with a pass catching back in David Johnson. The Indianapolis Colts have a lot going on. Let's start with a running back where Jonathan Taylor, they have more confidence in him as the potential starter. Marlon Mack could see more of a limited uh, power change of pace role, a different kind of change of pace role. Naeem Hines is kind of locked into the receiving change of pace role. But Jonathan Taylor, as we suspected, uh, kind of puts everything together, binds the best of everything, and uh, can really produce there. And uh, 
Should John Taylor continues to move up here along with uh, some of these other rookie backs where we knew that was going to happen. If you have an older back situation, guys that break down, you invest highly in the back. And right now, highly in the back is second or third round in the NFL. You're going to look at uh, what he can do early in uh, Jonathan Taylor, certainly uh, in the right trajectory there. Same thing with his fellow rookie, Michael Pittman Jr. He's a complete receiver here. I think uh, he has a chance to be their leading receiver, even ahead of T.Y. Hilton. Again, very high uh, floor to me. Pittman can run all the routes. He's very tough. He's a good red zone receiver as well. So that's going to help his chances here to uh, produce with Hilton as rookie. At wide receiver, the Colts have an answer. But at tight end, it's getting a little messier with Jack Doyle having an injury to his neck. He's missing practice. Uh, Mo Ali Cox has missed time. So maybe newcomer Trey Burton can actually carve out a role here. We'll see. But it looks like the tight ends for Indianapolis are a situation to avoid right now. Three-headed monster, even without Eric Ebron with Burton coming back in. So that's another reason why they could uh, lean more with Phillip Rivers on Michael Pittman because he has a bit of a tight end type of uh, body here to help. uh, As a tough possession guy, can also make a few big plays opposite Hilton. We go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, things are starting to tilt in LaVisca Chanel, the rookie wide receiver's favor here. Tyler Eifert also looking like he could have a nice role on this team. That's because D.U. Westbrook hurt again uh, with a shoulder injury of uh, Keelan Cole on the roster bubble here quickly. Uh, so really, you look at this uh, passing game, it's D.J. Chark and Chris Conley. So you're uh, looking at uh, LaVisca Chanel having a chance of uh, coming back uh, fully healthy to uh, have a role here as well as Tyler Eifert. So that third spot is uh, kind of becoming more open uh, for this uh, Jaguars team with Brustbrook and Cole hurting. Reichel Armstead, we need to see a little bit more of him uh, here coming off the COVID-19 list of late, but they want to incorporate him more. Look at Chris Thompson. So they are hedging their bets with Leonard Fournette, that's for sure, in Jacksonville uh, with their backfield here in 2020. Let's look at the Tennessee Titans uh, before we close the segment. Uh, Darrington Evans looking pretty solid here as the number two and change of pace to uh, Derrick Henry. Corey Davis uh, coming back and working, but he's kind of fading here quickly. Jonah Smith uh, feeling it with uh, Ryan Tannehill. So in the end, Jonah Smith could be the next target after A.J. Brown for this team as they go in the passing game. But again, Titans expect a lot of the same things to happen uh, with Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry that developed last year in the second half, uh, running the ball well, producing big plays downfield. And uh, again, so far so good uh, for uh, Evans and Smith as they step into bigger roles with uh, Deion Lewis and Delaney Walker gone. All right, so there's a look at the AFC South latest news and notes. We've got to close with the NFC, AFC West. We've got quite a bit to talk about there as well. But first, got to tell you, make sure you're checking out the uh, rebranded show here for you on the Locked on Network. It's uh, Peacock and Williamson. Yep, that's our nice uh, tribute here. Uh, Locked on NFL, our uh, sister show that's uh, doing a great job here with uh, former NFL scout Matt Williamson and uh, an amazing host there, Brian Peacock. They do a good job together. One of our best team-up shows here on the network, so check it out. All our shows are great, but love Peacock and Williamson and uh, Locked on NFL here on the network. We will be right back here uh, to close the show looking at the AFC West latest news and notes. All right, uh, let's uh, finish the show looking at the four teams in the AFC West. Uh, 
we start with the Denver Broncos here. So a few, few things to talk about with the Denver Broncos. KJ Hamler is having an injury here early, so that takes him out of the mix. It looked like uh, also Jerry Judy coming along slow. So Cortland Sutton looks like a dominant number one here. Tim Patrick and Deontay Spencer, these other guys, could be working in the mix, but I think it's going to be Patrick and uh, Judy working there for the most part. Deshaun Hamilton maybe an odd man out as well in the way this Pat Shermer offense operates. So Sutton looks looking like a greater number one for the Broncos and Drew Locke with some of these other issues at wide receiver. In the backfield, looks like it's more of a split than we think with Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. They're comfortable maybe limiting Gordon a little bit and working Lindsay into the mix. So Lindsay was definitely disappointed when they signed Gordon, but they had Gordon for the lead. But I think this was meant to be a two-back approach in some form. I don't know if Melvin Gordon is going to see up to 70% of the carries. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more like 55 45 or 55 40 between these guys and a little bit of Royce Freeman mixed in. So Melvin Gordon, uh, the stock continues to drop here as Lindsay uh, continues to go up next to him. And uh, Lindsay might be the better value overall in that backfield invest in Denver. Noah Fant looks like he's going to have a nice role here with, again, the receiver issues going on, the first round tight end from last year. Noah Fant, someone to watch. He's got some uh, chemistry with Drew Locke like Sutton does, and uh, maybe these uh, wide receiver injuries flux question marks end up uh, really favoring Fant here as a sleeper tight end two with some tight end one potential. We go to the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we're wondering what he was going to do without uh, Damian Williams, and all signs point to him being this feature back that's going to produce a lot for Brett Veach and uh, Andy Reid. I think they totally believe that. They're going to load him up. They're not going to be shameful about uh, saying he's a lot more than a receiver. We want to get him involved everywhere we can in the offense with Patrick Mahomes. So as I advertised, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is good in every facet of the game. But we want to make sure that uh, we're watching DeAndre Washington here because they have Darrell Williams and some others there behind him. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is top backup who can do a lot of things he can do. The former Raider uh, rival DeAndre Washington is definitely someone you want to Keep later as your potential uh, CEH insurance there. When uh, lo- a lot of people are not going to even have him on the radar. If you're not a uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire drafter, you can still look at Washington because of his upside there in this uh, Chiefs offense. Basically, an Andy Reid back, especially with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, is going to return RB1 value guaranteed. You want a piece of this offense as much as you can, and you want it with someone who gets consistent touches like a Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, uh, he's uh, coming back okay from the hamstring injury. Only a strain. Looks like he'll be fine. A little bit of concern because he had that injury that cost him four games last year, but this one seems minor. He looks good to go. Sammy Watkins also had to miss time with a growing injury, but he looks good to go. All this points to say, make sure you invest in Mecole Hardman in some leagues here. Uh, I think Hardman has to see a bigger role here. Watkins and... uh, Marcus Robinson are not uh, guys that you're coming back next year. So when we look at that uh, on this team, we're uh, really investing a lot in Hill and Kelsey and Clyde Overs-Hilaire catching passes. Everyone else we're cold on, but Hardman, if we had to pick between Watkins and uh, Robinson and, uh, and uh, Hardman, Hardman would be a guy that we want to invest in for sure with his upside and uh, Hill-like big playability. The next team we look at is the Las Vegas Raiders. They were really true about wanting to up Josh Jacobs' role in the passing game. They said he could catch as many 60 passes, which is great, despite the presence of Jalen Richard there. So Jacobs keeps bumping up. I think he's a borderline RB1 now. 
that uh, could end up in the upper half of RB1. So Jacobs, again, uh, the, the rookie season was cut short a little bit with the injury, but he's fully healthy now. They like their offensive line and his production. At uh, wide receiver, uh, Brian Edwards continues to impress here. He's the other so-called uh, rookie wide receiver after Henry Ruggs III, but they're not totally sold on Tyra Williams, and they don't seem to be totally sold on Hunter Renfro because they're thinking about using uh, more two tight end set, two receiver sets. Who could be lining up in those sets? It's leaning towards Ruggs being an inside-outside guy and Edwards potentially carving out a role. So we want to watch this very carefully with the Raiders. They're playing it close to the vest with how they're going to align here. But really think uh, between all that, breaking in these rookies, that uh, Darren Waller is still going to be a key part of this, as well as Jacobs. Short to intermediate throws, that's what Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota do. So that's where I think it's leaning with the Raiders. Uh, hard to trust Ruggs or Edwards in this situation because you don't really trust Williams or Renfro. So avoiding the Raiders wide receiver until, until we get clarity, it seems like a smarter plan here in 2020. Finally, well, I have a lot to talk about with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams came down hard on his shoulder, an injury that has him uh, week to week here. So he could miss some time. He's a guy that has missed a lot of time. We know that in the past. He's a big play and touchdown dependent receiver here. So if he has to miss time, that's certainly going to boost the value of Hunter Henry for sure. Seeing a lot more action uh, stretching the field in the middle here with uh, Keenan Allen, more of the possession uh, type here. Uh, so, again, that's development we're going to watch because that also changes things the way we look at Tyra Taylor. is a good deep ball thrower there if he doesn't have a player like Williams. And in the backfield there for the Chargers, Austin Eckler and uh, Justin Jackson uh, split a lot, a lot of time with the first team splitting the reps. So we knew that Eckler was not going to dominate touches there. I mean, he averaged only uh, 14 per game. is extremely efficient. I don't think he'll hover around 15 to 17, but there are about... 8 to 10 uh, touches to be had uh, in particular weeks in this uh, Chargers backfield. We know they supported two being productive with Eckler and Melvin Gordon last year. So don't sleep on Joshua Kelly continuing to see a big role. I think they like Justin Jackson, but I think they admit, like everyone can see, he has a limited uh, ceiling here in 2020. While Kelly is just a big play runner and gives them a lot of juice. If Eckler's not in the game, Eckler has uh, a lot of big playability as well. I think he gives them that Kelly does over uh, Justin Jackson. That's why there's a chance he could be out there in a big way for the Chargers ahead of Jackson, a situation that we'll monitor here. But Kelly's definitely a hot sleeper where I'm going to be trying to avoid Justin Jackson as much as possible. So there you have it. There's a look at your latest AFC news and notes. We went uh, from east to west here, got to all 16 teams. So I think you need to catch up on. We've got you covered here. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll do the same thing here with our latest NFC news and notes. Go around division to division, east to west here to break things down for you. To uh, keep all this in consideration as you build your final draft boards and get ready for your real drafts as you uh, prepare for your mock drafts. Thanks so much for listening to uh, Locked On Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Peacock and Williamson. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with our NFC news and notes.